promises, okay? And that we receive promises by faith, but that also God even reminds us, reminds us of the promises that he makes. So if we can go to uh, uh, Psalm 105, 8 through 10. Psalm 105, 8 through 10. So God remembers his promises. He sa- it says right here, he remembers his covenant forever. The what? The promise. Let's say it again. He remembers his covenant forever. The, the promise he made for, you know, a couple days. Then he got tired. No, a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he he swore to Isaac, he confirmed it to Jacob as a decree to Israel, an everlasting covenant. Real quick, a covenant is a contract, a binding contract or a agreement, right? So that is what it is. It binds one party, usually a bigger party, to a smaller party. It's like imagine it in recess, right? Okay, let's like imagine we're back in first grade. Okay, there's the big kid who's too tall to be a first grader, right? And you, you, you're pretty smart, right? He's not that smart, but he's a big dude. So you're, you're like about too small for a first grader. So you make an agreement with him. You're like, hey, listen, you're too big for me. Can I do your homework if you don't beat me up, right? And like, I know this is the cliche, and like that doesn't happen. But here's the thing. God, who is smarter, who is bigger, who is greater, he made a agreement with Israel, with the Hebrews, with Abraham, with all these people. He made it, and he promised that he would complete it. So he made an agreement. He said, listen, you keep your end of the bargain, and I'll keep mine. And actually, after a while, he even says, you know what? Even if you fail at keeping your end of the bargain, mine still stands to your people. So the agreement he made to Abraham, everybody know Abraham? Listen, I'm telling you guys, man, the winner of this Bible quiz is going to win 50 bucks. We might make it 100 next time. We may make it 20. <laughs> it depends. But y'all should be in your Bibles. I post on the Elevate page the topics of each week. I don't know if RJ wants 50 bucks. Did you want 50 bucks, RJ? You did? Yes or no? Yes. Did you want 50 bucks, Jeremiah? What about you, Abdi? Eh, right? You're like, I could do some things with 50 bucks, right? But we're willing to do that because I want you guys to understand the Bible. It's so much more important when you see it this way. God made a covenant thousands and thousands of years ago to this dude who worshiped a bunch of gods, telling, basically confirming that there's only one God and that if they believe in him, and guess what? This dude was old as heck in his like 70s, right? I don't know exactly. It might have been 100, 70s or 100. If you guys want to fact check me, go ahead. God tells him that he's going to have as many offspring as there are stars in the sky. Imagine you're 70 years old, man. Your wife has never gotten pregnant. You're chilling on a rock and you're looking at the stars. You're not in Chicago because, you know, sky pollution, you know, so light pollution, light pollution, I mean. So you can't see the stars. But imagine you're like in Dakota or something and you're just looking. Then God just speaks to you. He says, listen, you'll have more offspring than the stars. And this is a promise I'm making to you. So he made this promise to Abraham, and he swore to Isaac. Listen, Abraham actually only ended up with two sons. So was God a liar? No, offspring, descendants. Listen, it was going to be numerous as the stars. I can't be. His wife was going to pop out like a billion kids, right? So God had a plan and a promise, 
He confirmed it to Jacob, another descendant of Abraham. Then he confirmed it to Israel. Israel is Jacob. But then Israel is a nation. He confirmed it to a whole nation, and he continued that agreement because of his promise. So God remembered this promise after generation and after generation and after generation, right? So how do we, just like Abraham, get this promise? Because, I mean, don't you want... Like, think about this. Your parents make some good promises sometimes. Don't lie, right? They listen, man, dude, if you stop cussing at your teacher, I will buy you a PS4, right? Or I have a person I know. I'm not even going to mention what this person is to me, right? But if they get angry, you know, they, they, and they act up a little bit better, right? They act better, they get a lizard, right? It's, it's, I'm not going to say who. It's a family relative, but he's young, acts up. But he does good, he gets a lizard, right? That's a good promise, right? Well, God makes even better promises. The Bible says if you who are evil, right, speaking to fathers, if you are evil, are able to give your child a good gift, how much more God? So God is a, makes, must make some good promises, right? This was a good promise to Abraham, and guess what? We can receive the same promise and be actually a part of this promise just like how we receive Jesus. How do we receive Jesus, guys? It's the F word. There you go. You said the F word. Good job. Good job. Faith. Faith. That's, that's the F word for today. Faith. We receive Jesus through faith. So guess what? The promise that Jesus made, we receive that through? Through? Faith, right? So it's not like, hey, man, let me, like, again, you know, the, the Bible doesn't work that way. It's not like you got to giddy yourself up, make yourself pretty for God to receive this promise. Let me make sure I feed 10 homeless dudes, and then I, you know, uh, uh, you know, wash this elderly dude, you know, who's naked and he's old. And that's a really good thing. I know that would be good. I know TJ does that for his job, so kind of thought about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good thing, but you don't pretty yourself up just to receive a promise from God. You have faith. You trust him. So Abraham trusted God, and it was accounted him righteousness. We won't get into that. I wish we could, but we're, we're not. Righteousness, and then he received the promise, okay? Now, we received the promise by faith. Romans 4, 16. We don't have to go there, though, but it says this, and uh, if you can have um, just the sermon slide up there for around. It says everything, uh, Romans 4, 16 says this. One second. You don't have to go there. Actually, you know, let me just summarize. I don't want to confuse you guys. We receive, right, God's promises by faith, right, just like Abraham did. And then that makes us children of Abraham. That makes us Abraham's offspring, right? So that means every Christian in the world, right, is a part of this promise. Not every nominal Christian, but every Christian who's actually Christian. So does anyone have an idea how many Christians there are in the world? More than a hundred or less than a hundred? Okay. More than a thousand or less than a thousand? Okay. More than a hundred thousand or less than a hundred thousand? Okay. More than a million or less than a million? Okay. More than a billion or less than a billion? Okay. You would be wrong. Okay. But <laughs> that's now. How many, how many Christians, how many people do you think have lived throughout history? Think about this, right? There's probably been billions of people that follow Jesus, and now 
the Bible saying the people who follow Jesus are included in this promise. So do you think that God is keeping his promise? Amen. So God is keeping his promise to Abraham. We receive this promise just like we receive Jesus. Now, that's not the only thing we receive. If we go to Romans 8.32, Romans 8.32, it says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, he will not all uh, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Everybody say all things. So God is willing to give us all things. Now, this is what I'm saying. A lot of us, we have a hard time trusting God because we think there's this thing called blind faith. Well, man, you know, evolution. I'm just going to believe God. I just believe God. No, 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 evolution. No, 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 no. Uh, Muslims, uh, abortion. Uh, and we just ignore it and we just close off to it because we're scared that we might all of a sudden become an atheist and start like preaching the gospel of evolution or whatever. Then we're scared, right? Oh, man, God is evil. He did this X, Y, and Z. I can't trust God. But how about we use our brain, right? Because a lot of us, we're so emotional-based that if the worship isn't just right, we start doubting God. Do I feel his presence? Is he here? Is God here? It's raining. Does that mean God, that God is here, right? So we start to all of a sudden be superstitious. We start to think, man, if I don't get the butterflies, is God still with me? No, listen, lose, use your brain. Use your brain. God gave you a brain just like emotions, did God send Jesus? Yes, John 3, 16. So now we receive Jesus, right, what he did on the cross by faith. So then the promises we receive by faith, we receive this by faith, all things. If God was willing to give us Jesus, then he should be able to give us this. If you put up the next slide. This is why I want to list you. We're not going to go through all the promises because I don't have time to talk to you about 250 promises. But this is some I wanted to talk to you about. See, we receive salvation by faith. That's the promise of salvation by faith. We receive the fruit of the Spirit by faith. What is the fruit of the Spirit? That's love, right? For some of y'all that can't love, you just hate. Guess what? You received the Holy Spirit. You received Jesus, right? Just like that, you received the promise of love by faith, the promise of joy for all you depressed folk out there. You don't got to be depressed no more. Say, I don't got to be depressed no more. Say, no more. Depressed no more. Because you can have joy. Some of y'all all have anxiety and stress. Guess what? Now, it's a promise you can have peace. Okay? Some of y'all get irked really quickly. Guess what? Now, it's promised you can have patience. Some of y'all are very rude and are very mean to other people. Guess what you can have? Gentleness. You can be gentle with people. It's a promise. Some of y'all don't like to be, do, things for good, uh, do good things for people. You like good things done for you, but you're not generous. Guess what? It's a promise. You can be good. Some of y'all always backslide every other week, right? And it's because you say, I don't know. I just sinned. I just fell into sin. Guess what? You can have self-control. Say, porn no more. Porn no more. Having sex outside of marriage, no more. Uh, homosexuality, no more. Uh, marijuana, no more. Whatever you say you can't help doing because it's just a part of you, guess what? You don't have to have that no more, right? It's promised. It's promised. Then what's another promise? Wisdom for all those who act foolish. 
Wisdom. God is promising to give you wisdom and revelation. You don't understand the Bible. You don't understand why Jesus had to come. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. It's promised. Then the baptism of the Spirit. You're afraid and timid. Guess what? The promise is that you will be bold and able to preach the gospel with power. That's what, the, that's what God is promising. Then there's another promise. Gifts, hold up. Gifts and a purpose. Right? Oh, man, dude, I don't know what I'm doing in life, man. I haven't found what I want to do with my education. I haven't found what I want to do. Like, I don't know if I want to get a wife. I don't know if I want to single my whole life. I don't know this. I don't even have any talents. Guess what? God will give you gifts. It's a promise. And then so much more. But there's a commonality with this. This is the first promise that as a Christian you receive. See, this is only made possible by having the Holy Spirit. What was Abraham truly waiting for? According to the Bible, it wasn't just his offspring, right? It, it, it was really Jesus. And you can actually ask uh, a leader or whatever after this, but Jesus in the flesh, right? He was born of the Virgin Mary. How many of you believe that, right? Right? Not Guadalupe, right? Guadalupe and Virgin Mary, they're different, correct? Correct, right? The Virgin Maria, right? Maria. Born from her, correct? Okay, so that means that Jesus was born as a human. That means he was a descendant of Abraham. Everybody that listed Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were all waiting for the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. What are you Christians waiting for? What were we waiting for? Not just Jesus. What's the first thing you're waiting for? Shout it out. Before you become a Christian, as you become a Christian, right, what were the disciples waiting for? The promised Holy Spirit, right? The literal indwelling, that means that means God literally comes into you, right? Your soul makes you a house. He makes you a church. He makes you a building. He makes you a place of worship. You now have God with you at all times. That's a promise. So all of this, right? The joy, the love, the peace. Listen, man, all of that is only possible because of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Before I get into understanding, I want you guys to remember, God remembers his promise. That means if you're saying, I believe in Jesus, but I just don't feel like I have the Holy Spirit, guess what? The question, the problem is not with God. Who is it with? It's you. It's your faith. Some of y'all have a small bit of faith, not even a mustard seed, because Jesus said with a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And who's a liar? I'm not, I, before I believe Jesus is a liar, right, I'm just going to say you don't have any faith. Now, of course, some people say that's not literal mountains or whatever, but here's the whole thing. You're saying there's an obstacle in my way. I don't have faith or whatever, and, and God hasn't given me enough faith, and the Holy Spirit's not with me. No, that's a lie, right? The thing is, do you have faith in God's promise? Do you trust God like Abraham trusted God? Do you trust him? Because when you trust God to fulfill the promises he made, then you're definitely going to remember God's promises. If you don't trust God to fulfill the promises, it's going to be like that friend that says, yeah, man, I'll pay you back. Come on, man, I'll pay you back. Don't worry, just spot me a 20, bro, I'll pay you back. And Jesus, he's like, man, just live for me, bro, I promise you'll have peace. And you're like, all right, Jesus, sure, sure. Yeah, I have peace, God, I have peace, yeah, for sure. Man, you know, live for me, man, I swear, you know, you'll have purpose. Oh, yeah, sure, God, yeah, whatever, whatever, I'll go to church. But you never actually trust God to fulfill the promise. And then that's where you're lacking now. 
So this is why I want to help you. If you are, if you do belong to God, if you are God's people, then God will remind you of this promise, right? Because the promised Holy Spirit, if we can go to Ephesians 1.11, right? 111 to 13, actually. Prom- uh, the Holy Spirit is going to elude, right? He's going sh- to point you to another promise. And these are the two promises I really want you guys to understand right now. The promised Holy Spirit, which is literally what everybody in the world wants, truly, without even understanding it. The person who has a lot of money, but they don't have a lot of time or peace or patience, guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to give you peace and patience, right? The person who feels like they have a lot of friends, but they don't have love, well, guess what? The Holy Spirit will be your friend. It's literally the fulfillment of everything we desire in this world. God put it in our heart to do so. But this promise is leading to something else. Everybody say, God's promise. Right, so it says right here in Ephesians 1, 11 to 13, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. You see, that's a lot of big words and everything, but what that basically means is God kept his promise even despite all of us messing up, and he conformed it according to it. That means he shaped it to be what he wants it to be. In order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ, that means the disciples in the first century, might be for the praise of his glory. Now it's talking about us because it says, and you, right? Who's the you? You guys, right? Me. Are also, also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. Everybody understand what it's not? Not that seal, right? I'm talking about what you put on an envelope to make it seal shut, right? That's how you, you know, like people are like, seal the the door shut. You know what I'm saying? It's something to shut it, to permanently close it, right? If you go to the next verse, the promised Holy Spirit. This is for the day of redemption. This is when Jesus comes back. Who are the people that will be good with God when Jesus comes back? The people who have the promised Holy Spirit. So this is the promise for all of us right now. The mo- uh, this is the promise is that if you have the Holy Spirit, you'll be spared from wrath. You will be spared from the anger of God. If you have the Holy Spirit, God will see you as belonging to him and he will not destroy you. That is the promise I want to help you understand, is that the promised Holy Spirit is a seal. It is something that shows to God, hey, listen, I'm yours. I belong to you. I have your seal, the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing, right? If you have the Holy Spirit, you will be reminded of God's promises. If you can go to 2 Peter uh, verse three, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Actually, chapter 3, uh, verse, uh, yeah, there you go. Stay right there. Stay right there. It says right here, no, you got the wrong verse. Sorry, man. Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 13. In this passage, it tells us in keeping with God's promises, right? So it's commanding us to keep with God's promises. So, chap, just to tell you one more time, Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 13. So it says right here, but in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So 
with this promise, right? We keep with it. That means we stay along with it. We don't just doubt, doubt God now. Be like, God, there's so much misery going on. My life sucks, God. This is happening. That is happening. My parents don't love me. My friends, they turn their back on me. They are doing all these things against me. Man, I got cancer. No matter how bad it gets, you keep with this promise. You see, because we're looking forward to, we remember the promise. We're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Where righteousness dwells. That means everything that's supposed to be right, yeah, that's, that's going on there. That's happening there. Where there's no more tears, there's no more pain, there's no more suffering. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what the promise, that's what we're reminded of when we think of God's promises. When you're reminded of yourself, I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then confirms to you, you belong to God. That means when you belong to God, you have a future hope that will never be put to shame. The promise is that you will not only be freed, right, from the, you'll be spared from the uh, judgment of God, that you'll receive all these things, right, that I was talking about, but it's this, you will be a part of this new heaven and a new earth where everything goes right. Everything goes right. You ever read these utopia books? Maybe you ever thought about, like, why the, what is the government aiming for? See, everything, every governor in the world is aiming for this, a new heaven and a new earth. They're aiming for a new world. And God's saying, listen, remember the promise I made to you. This is the world I am going to give to you. That is what we were to be reminded of as Christians when we remember God's promise. Is that, hey, he promised me the Holy Spirit. I have God in me. I'm going to keep with this promise because I know, I'm reminded that God is going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. If uh, Stephanie, Stephanie can come up here. And in, second, in closing, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. You see, next week we're going to talk about God's judgment. Everybody say God's judgment. The reason why I chose to do promises today is because I'm going by a way that it makes sense. We talked about the past, right? Then we're talking about what God did, what God has done. That's past. Now we're talking about God's promises. That's something he's going to do or he already has done that's pointing to something he will do, right? So, the, so God's promise that we will be in a new heaven and a new earth, is that the future or is that the past? It's the future. So that means what do we do in the meantime? Let's read this verse. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Say not slow. So you're wondering, why, God? Why is there still evil in this world? Why, God? Why am I still suffering? Why, God? Why? And you're asking him, what is going on? And the thing is, it's not God being slow. It's God being patient. Because it says, he, God is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Patient with you. Who's the you? It doesn't depend on God why he's patient. God is patient. That's who he is. But he's patient because this world, he wants more people. God wants more of Abraham's offspring. God wants more people that are like Christ. God wants this whole world. He doesn't want, like God didn't just be like, the reason why Jesus didn't come back after the first century, he didn't want just like 200 people and be like, man, it's a party. It's a party, man. I'm back. No, he's coming back, and there's going to be nation. It's going to be every nation, every tongue, every person, every country, every continent. Everyone is going to be represented in this new heaven and this new earth. And he's patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
So here's the thing. God, he's going to give us this promise. In the meantime, he's being patient. So in the, what we do is we reflect that we become patient. We wait for God. We wait for God. We keep with the promise. We be led by the Holy Spirit. We don't live by the flesh. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we do what God has commanded us to do, knowing and understanding that God remembers his promise, that we receive by faith, and he will continue to remind us of this promise. So if you have the Holy Spirit, the word of God has just spoken to you. This is something that you should not forget. When you go through things in life, when, when stuff seems hard, when it seems like it's almost impossible to become a Christian or to be a Christian, you remember God's promise. That not only do you have the promised Holy Spirit, but a new heaven and a new earth is coming. And this is a world where righteousness dwells, where your dad doesn't get up and walk away from you. Where friends don't betray you. Where the baby doesn't die in a womb because of the selfishness of a mother. Where sin doesn't, sin doesn't reign in this world and the devil is not controlling everything. Where God has rule and we share it with him. See, this is the promise, man. This is why every Christian... It's not about, man, dude, I just want to feel the goosebumps. I can't wait to get to church to feel the goosebumps. I can't wait to, to be, you know, to, to be uh, successful in this world. All that stuff will fade, and we'll talk about that next week. But this is the promise for you, that you will have a place in this new heaven and this new earth. A place in this new heaven and this new earth. But, there's a but, are you going to be patient? Are you going to persevere? Are you going to continue to remember and look back so you look ahead? You're going to look back so you can look ahead at the promise God set and the future that awaits you. Are you going to do that? Or are you going to forget? That's the question for you guys. So if I can have the altar workers come up, and if I can have all you guys stand up, please. We're about to have an altar call. And in this altar call, I really want you guys to think about this, right? If you don't have love, don't have joy, don't have peace, don't have kindness, don't have all these things I just mentioned, if you can actually put that list up, right? You can put that, li that list up I put about God's promises. If you don't have this, if you don't have salvation by faith, I want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus. That's a promise that God will save you. When God saves you, it's no, man, I'm getting right with God. No, it's God saves you. Bang, that's it. God saves you, you're saved. Nothing to do with you. The fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, kindness, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things, right? If you don't have that, this altar calls for you because that's a promise. If you don't have wisdom and revelation, you keep acting like a fool and you don't understand not just the Bible, but when the Bible is understood to you, you still don't understand it. You can come up right now. And we'll pray for you. If you are afraid, ashamed, don't want to preach the gospel because you're afraid to look weird or, or be made fun of, you probably don't have the baptism of the Spirit. The baptism of the Spirit, no matter what you're feeling at that point, right? God is saying you will have boldness. I have not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but a power of love and a sound mind. You will have boldness to preach the gospel even in the face of adversity.
See, God's willing to give that. So if you don't have that, you need to come up. Now, gifts and purpose. If you don't have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right, which, which literally it could be speaking in tongues. If you want that, if you want to speak in tongues, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you should come up. If you want to have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, if you want God to use you to heal people, you come up. You receive Jesus, you receive the promises. If you want a purpose in life, God will give you a purpose right now. And there's so much more. So this is my application to you guys. Listen, throughout your week, I'll post the link on the Elevate Facebook page. I will post all the God's promises. Go through them. Go through them, look at them, memorize them. If you are not a child of God right now, listen, receive that by faith. Because that's a promise that if you put your faith in Jesus that he'll make you a child of God. Then once you see those promises, pray about them. Consider them. Meditate on them. We talked about that last week. Then this is what I really want to help you guys understand. In hard times, we remember God's promises. In times of suffering, because the world, we're going to have lots of problems. That's what the word says. But we can face them remembering God's promises. Remembering God's promises. The person who's dying, who is weak, who lost limbs, who has cancer, they can look back when they were reading in the Bible, or they can look back and elevate, and they can say, I remember. This ain't the end. God has a new body for me in the new heaven and new earth. I'm healed there, I'm restored there. And you can rejoice knowing that God, if you trust him, right, if you trust him, if you have faith in him, you'll be able to receive that promise. So real simple, altar call is this, I'll make it even simpler. People that have lost faith in Christ and don't remember his promises, I want you to come up. I want you to come up, receive prayer. Get along with God, talk to an altar worker. The people that want the Holy Spirit, right? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And want to receive God's promises. You are itching right now. You want what God wants to give you. You come up with always see prayer and some counsel from these guys. But that's it. I laid it out for you guys. I'm going to pray. Stephanie's going to sing. But listen, get along with God. It's a real simple message. God wants to give us all things. He gave us Jesus. Why not would he give us peace? Right? He's promising it. He promised Jesus to Abraham. Right? He promised Jesus to Eve and Adam. Why not would he now give us what he promised us? Right? It's logic. Think about it. Reason. Don't just go based off emotion today, folks. Don't just be like, well, I don't really feel it. No, think about this. Look at your life. From a logical point of view, Christ is this way. He promised that if you're saved, you live this way. You're not living this way. You must have lost faith, and you must have forgot his promises. So if you guys could bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father.